I think I'm going to restart doing these podcasts because I really like, one, getting thoughts out there without much polish, just the rawness of what's on my mind. It's cathartic, and I know one day it'll probably be fun to re-listen. I've also re-listened to some of the episodes I've done, and... They're good reminders. We have these thoughts and we make these connections in our minds that we think, oh, I'll never forget this or I don't need a reminder of that lesson I learned because now it's a part of me. But we do. We need to be reminded of what we have overcome, what we have struggled with, what we were sad with, what brought us joy. We need to be reminded of everything because that helps us live even better in the present as well as help cast vision for the future. Maybe one day I'll be posting this type of stuff on my own channel. But right now, I'm just going to speak raw uh, with with my anonymity because eh, I'm not ready to just uh, put myself completely out there. There's something taxing about living and being vulnerable. It's taxing, yet also freeing, if you can do it in the right state of mind. If you're doing it with the right motivation and intentions. I guess one of the other reasons why I would like to keep my anonymity is because my following or people that track what I'm doing, my network really just isn't that big right now. And uh, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I want to I want to speak frankly. And so, coming off a weekend of fantasy football draft and a golf tournament with the homies, the high school homies, the whole crew, thirteen in total, including myself. You know, it's uh, it's just interesting to see how we connect on current on the current state of our lives, but also how we remain connected through our formative years. And it's something that I've really kind of come to trust is that. I do believe people can change. I believe people can change drastically. But I also believe that most people don't. And so, I've run into this multiple times. Like someone I knew in college or in high school. And I I wasn't friends with them then. And it wasn't because I didn't, you know, we had any fights or whatever. 
we just never connected or clicked or we were never friends. And then I like, I think back, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was just because it was high school or college or like, you know, maybe, maybe we've grown up and connect. Maybe there's similarities now and we'll have conversations and it's the same exact feeling. It's like, no, there's, that's why I didn't connect with you is because we're just on different wavelengths. We're on, we're different vibes, different thoughts, different experiences. And, um, yeah, so with that said, these high school homies, like, I think we'll always probably be homies, no matter what our trajectories are. At the core, we're all kind of just so similar. We're all very different, but similar core values for the most part. Now, that's the good. The the bad, or what I've reflected on, maybe not the bad, but what I've reflected on, having homies like that, that it's a, it's a crew that you feel comfortable with, it can start to pigeonhole your vision, pigeonhole your character, and typecast you. Let me explain. Like families, you know, we're, we, we come from a mom and dad. They wiped our butts when we were young. You know, so they'll always look at us as kids that we, we birthed, we brought up. They, no matter how old we, we become, we'll always be their kid. In their eye, they'll always want to take care of us. Now, some parents are better at releasing control and just you know, trusting the kid to make their own decisions while others try to hold on and grasp and still guide. But at some point, you know, we flock the nest. But when we come back to the nest for Thanksgiving and Christmas... We're treated as children for the most part, subconsciously, maybe consciously. And that's usually a beautiful thing for a couple days. And then it's like, okay, let me get back to my independence. (laughs) Um, The same type of construct applies to friends, especially quote-unquote old friends, long-time friends. They knew us. We all connected when we were 12 years old. They have seen us through the years, our ups, our downs, our awkward conversations with girls, um, our victories, our injuries, our fights, all that shit. There's a lot of history there. And that's that makes for a rich relationship and rich history. But what it can also do is keep you cemented or just... Um, it can keep you in that role and you can't, it's hard to evolve out of it. And if people always look at you a certain way as a certain type of person and maybe in that friend group, maybe you're the, you're the funny guy or maybe you're the thoughtful guy or the nice guy or the whatever type of guy you are, whatever your role is, maybe you're the competitive one or the athletic one, that becomes your 
primary characteristic. And you can start to believe that about yourself, that this is my primary characteristic and you just only play to that strength in all social areas of your life. So even when you're not with your friends, that's who you believe your identity is, is that primary characteristic. And I just see, after spending a weekend with my friends, how that just is a natural thing that happens. You know, there's all these roles that just naturally, the social dynamics, they that's just how it goes. And um, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just human nature. And as long as you can recognize that, okay, in this situation, this is just kind of my role. I'm not going to try to be the funny guy because that's not my strength. That's not what I'm, that's not my role here. Maybe in a different context, I can be the funny guy because I'm more comfortable or maybe I'm, I am funny in that context, but in this context, I'm not. What I'm getting at ultimately is that I believe I've changed. My core has changed. Like I've stripped away so much of these top layers of who I thought I was and got to the core of my identity, which is in Christ. And then I've started to uh, go through the sanctification process of uh, changing from the inside out and not, not having sex, not drinking, not smoking weed, trying to be in the word every day, going to church, and not as just behavior modifications, but as a true transformation of the heart and my internal and how I how I see the world now as a place to serve people and serve God. And so it's just very interesting how after a weekend of spending... <laughs> Um, time with my old friends. There's a tension there. There's a tension there between how I relate to them and how how I've related to them in the past and how I relate to them now. And I'm getting better at it because now it's been over a year of me not drinking. They're starting to get used to this new identity of um, who they know me to be. Because they only see me you know, maybe uh, five, six times a year, the people from out of town. So five, six times out of out of the year, it's just snapshots. And it's like when you're growing up, you see your out of town aunt or uncle and you they say, oh, you got so tall. Well, you've just been growing steadily every day, but they see you and you, you, this is a big change. And they're like, what the heck? And because most people don't change from the inside out, they choose not to when they see you on some new quote-unquote habit or trend or phase of your life, fad, that's what they think it is. They think it's just a fad. Um, but now it's been nice that, you know, over a year, and I think they're starting to realize this really isn't a fad. They're just getting used to the new Danny that doesn't drink. Um, so kind of a a long one um but i guess it doesn't really matter the time as long as i'm spitting value 
the, what's the takeaway from all this? What is the takeaway? I guess I think back on how I've been able to cultivate this change and this internal transformation. And really what it took was solitude for a while, stripping away all distractions, going into the cave. And really just, I guess not the cave, the desert. Call it the desert. Going into the desert. Spending time with God. And really figuring out who it is that you are. Like when you're, when Jesus fasted for 40 days, that's a physical thing. It's spiritual. And he learned who he was and he, that's, he came out of that a completely transformed man. But he got hungry. And when you are depleted, going back to the beginning, you're very, you're much more vulnerable. When you're not well-fed, well-nourished, well-rested, it's harder to stay confident in who you are and it's harder to fend off attacks. But if you can learn how to fortify yourself when you're depleted and when you go through these hardships you turn to God and you trust Him and you don't cower. Then these types of weekends that maybe you feel you once feared with, you know, like how the heck would I get through the weekend spending with my old friends not drinking, doesn't become such a big deal. It actually becomes much less and less and less. I remember um, in the beginning, or maybe even before I stopped drinking, I thought just for Tuesday night softball, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go to softball and not drink with all the homies when they're, when they're all drinking. That was for an hour and a half, two hours on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I mean, that's literally how far I've come. And now I'm I've gone over a year without drinking. I've gone to bachelor parties. I've gone to, you know, golf trips, fantasy football drafts, two of those now, family reunion. I mean, I've I've kind of, I don't want to say I've conquered it because there's always going to probably be another challenge, but it's become a lot more manageable. It's a complete change of structure. It's a fundamental shift. It's a paradigm shift. I don't know how else to put it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And I guess since I'm just downloading everything right now, I'll tell you there was, at one moment, there was a point where I did kind of feel a little weak or like, down I guess not depressed just a little down and I thought about this girl that I'm kind of 
starting to develop a little bit of a crush for. And I thought, I, I vision casted into the future. I, I heard about this quote, where there is no vision, there is no hope. And so having a vision, so I visioned like a future date with her. And I envisioned who I want to be on that date and the type of man that I think I need to be to win her over. The, the, the type of character I have to have developed. And that got me super stoked. Got me joy. It, like it brought me joy. It brought me peace. And this weird sense, and this very like, like real feeling of love, of hope. And I actually desired it. I haven't really desired that feeling for a while. Like I, 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 I desire love, but I haven't felt that peace or like comfort of love and uh yeah now it's just you know like walk it out and go see go see if that's gonna how that how, how that whole um thought plays out in my mind but like actually go take action in real life and i know that it's like Every decision and action you make is a uh, vote for the type of person that you want to be. And that goes for things that you don't do either. I'm not the type of guy that folds into peer pressure. I'm not the type of guy that drinks because everyone around him is drinking. I'm an independent thinker. I'm an independent man. Anyways, um, I think that's what I got. I think that's what I got. A lot of my, a lot of thoughts swirling, but I, I'm glad I captured at least some of them, some of the major ones. Yeah, I'm gonna try and keep doing this. It's good. It feels it feels like I captured just like a little piece of life, a little essence of the human condition.